I got good feedback from that, by the way, for work for a couple people. And one of them didn't even know who Joan Cusack was. Oh, really? Which I found funny. <laughs> and then they looked it up and they go, yeah, we looked her up. And it fit perfect with the uh, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah. I like a woman with a strong jawline, bro. Did you say Adam's apple or jawline? I said jawline. Okay. Just making sure. I heard Adam's apple. I well, heard Adam's <laughs> Quiet you. <laughs> Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd way. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Strange Uncles, Season 2, Episode 9, I believe. Uh, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. And we actually have a guest in the studio by the name of Tori. Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Um, the reason Tori is here is because our subject matter, we've got a couple news stories that we're going to throw out there. But uh, one thing we've been, what, for the last like three or four weeks, going, man, we got to do this. We got to do this. And it's a climate change episode. Yes, very important. Very important. I think people kind of, you know, forego it because they do their daily little shitty lives and they don't think about the big picture. Mm-hmm. And so we brought Tori in and actually she has a degree in it. Um, I think what, if you want to explain a little bit of background there. Um, I'm a recent graduate from the University of Utah. I double majored in anthropology and environmental sustainability. And um, yeah, I didn't know a whole lot about it going into it. And by the time I finished my degree, my lifestyle had just changed. My relationships had changed. It was a really impactful time for me. I was going to ask, Ashley, you guys have not always been as sustainable as you are now, right? Yeah. Okay. That Which is kind of cool. I didn't so. even know what sustainability was. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, it's not really something I ever, like, thought about. Right. Um, right. Uh, that much really like yeah i don't know it's i think I, I was one of those people that like you throw it in the trash and then it goes the, somewhere the garbage man picks it up and then you never see it or have to think about it ever again so it's not your problem it's somebody else's problem yeah that's kind of what, yeah but i'm in the re- same way but in reality it's all of our problems yeah i think for me right. i was thinking not even someone else's problem just to the point of like yeah it, i didn't it think doesn't it was matter a problem. anymore it's gone that's out of right. sight out of mind you yeah know? i didn't think it was anybody's problem i thought you know i stick it in the trash i put the trash out in the street the garbage man picks it up and it goes away and there's no problem wipe your hands yeah there's zero problem <laughs> <Done deal. laughs> that's so funny no and i think you know i get well after we talk about this you know again we'll do some we'll point on some uh, news facts that are coming up but um it's interesting because there's so many I feel there's so many different facets of the climate change that you can approach mm-hmm. and, and people just don't have a clue on what they are, you know? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of reasons for that too. Some are very nefarious. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. We can get into that later. I have one that I might get into. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. interesting. As I, I talk like I'm on Scooby-Doo mysteries. <laughs> you know, anywho. 
Um, who wants to kick off news? Um, I'll go. Um, so I got this from the Mirror, and they are opening. If you, if anybody lives in the UK or is planning on visiting the UK, you can go on a prison ghost tour and stay the night at a Shepton Mallet Prison. Um, it closed six years ago. It was opened hmm. in 1625, actually. And it closed six years ago? Yeah, just six years ago. Um, Jesus Christ. I think it was like one of the longest. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Um, yeah, so they do like, uh, you can stay overnight and ghost hunt. They'll give you um, snacks and ghost hunting equipment. That's apparently. nice of them. Yeah, that is nice. Um, yeah, in 2013, it was the oldest operating prison in the UK um, with a capacity of just under 200 high-risk prisoners. So the the worst of the worst were at this prison. Um, and a bunch of people that died in prison with unmarked graves is still on the site. Um, uh. Yeah, and if you stay overnight, you got to be out at 6.30 in the morning. Um, people have reported hearing door uh, slamming of doors and footsteps and things like that. Um, so, yeah, if, uh, it's Shepton Mallet Prison. I don't know if I already said that, but. Yeah, I've but, never heard of it on my side, but it amazes me how prisons here shut down after being open for what, 80 years, 50 years, 60 years. Mm -hmm. This thing was from 16 something. Yeah. So I mean, like Christ, 300 and some odd years old. Oh, that just blows my mind. Huh? Yeah. Well, from here in England, maybe I'll stay. Yeah. If you hit the UK, go, uh, go check it out. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I got one here that's just kind of cool. And then Josh, if you want to cover on yours, uh, this one, I, <laughs> I stemmed on, get it? This is about stem cells. You'll find out later. Uh, so on the International Space Station, uh, clusters of nerve cells called mini brains are developing in ways that scientists didn't previously think was possible. So with that being said, uh, what they did, they call these things uh, organoids, organoids, sorry. And they were grown from stem cells. So they're, they're living. They started out as a stem cell in California. They packed them. They took them up to the International Space Station. Um, they hooked them all up in a little line. And this is, let me see, this happened eight months ago. And now they're seeing these organoids are giving our brain waves and complex patterns of neural activity, similar to those of premature babies. Oh, weird. Weird. Right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Not only is that like... They're saying, okay, you're growing a mini brain, which in a way, maybe you kind of technically are if that's the case, or it's turning into such. Mm. Where's the ethics line now at this juncture? Well, I mean, you're not growing it on purpose. No, true. You know, it's just a thing that's. But happening. what if it becomes uh, active? What if Skynet what if it becomes, becomes self aware? <laughs> calm down, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyway, this is a quote The closer we come to his goal, the more likely we'll get a brain that is capable of sen uh, sentience, sentient being, which is what I was referring to, uh, feeling pain, agony, and distress. Uh, chief scientist and president of the Allen Brain, shut up, the Allen Brain Institute. You couldn't name that something different? Anyway, there you go. So the human brain is so complex, the scientists are still guessing at many aspects of how it works. And now they have this thing going on, which really is just a simple balls of neuron, but it has grown into something a little bit so more. So I'm conf I'm confused. Were they saying that yeah. this this is something they're seeing developing in just people's brains, or that they developed in the lab? No, they developed. This was all in the lab. So oh, these were okay. stem cells jointly on their own. They got taken up to the space station and then mimicked up. 
but now they're seeing it was for a completely different experiment, but now it's getting to where they are starting to have patterns such as what an actual brainwave would be. Like they said, a premature baby. Okay. So mm. I don't know. Interesting. You know, you talk about that, you talk about, you know, putting certain genes in certain animals to make certain things for organs. And I mean, it's, I know other countries are pushing the limit a little bit more than we are. I don't know where we stand with it, but this was, uh, I stumbled on this and I just kind of went, huh, that's what happens if this turns into a really bad Marvel movie. Then you got that going on. What is it? Brainiac? Is that who the Hulk fought? I can't uh, remember. Was, the guy was with the big Marvel green head. Was he DC? Uh, Hulk was Marvel. No, I know Hulk was oh, Marvel. DC. I'm thinking of Brainiac. I've never even heard of Brainiac. He had a giant Just head. Just booking over here. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be over here when you guys are done. Yeah, right. You'll be hanging out with the cool kids. <laughs> anyway. I'll, I'll be smoking in the boys' room. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Uh, I just thought that was cool. That was a cool story. And, you know, we'll see where it leads. So I got it tagged. Um, they're going to watch it. They're not going to do anything like stop the experiment beforehand. But I, you know, to have a result like that that you didn't expect to have. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Interesting. At what point do they stop that? That's the thing. At what point? Well, like all of a sudden, I mean, a, when it starts driving a car, would you say, hey, no, sorry. A floating Give me the keys. Brain just I think that would be my, I'd be station. on the payphone going, um, can I get an extension cord unplug this shit? I uh, something. Uh, well, I mean, if they stop it, if they stop the experiment, they have to destroy it. So that's right. And you lose all that work. If it's our, well, I mean, well, and then you point, talk about ethics. look at me thinking about work and yeah, ethics. You know? Yeah, at what point do you decide it's a life form? I mean, if you ask an evangelical Christian, it probably already is, or maybe it never will be because it doesn't have a heartbeat. Who knows? And does it believe in the Bible? If it doesn't, it's yeah, a life form. Maybe. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Yeah, let's baptize that shit real quick, and then we'll pay attention to it. <laughs> Fucking religion. Anywho, that's my story. Uh, so I've got The Invisible Porcupine Man of Sedona, Arizona. Yes. Uh, this is from Paul Dale Roberts in the Costa Rican Times, and uh, the headline was the best part of it. Um, yeah, neat. Say, <laughs> say no more, fam. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. And uh, on that note, so... Uh, this is just basically a summary of the article because it was mostly just a transcript of a phone conversation that this guy had. Uh, he runs like a paranormal investigation team in Sacramento, I think. Um, and he got a call from someone who had just recently been to Sedona on, on their paranormal hotline. Hmm. Um, so just a little background. Uh, Sedona is a weird place like Mount Shasta or Skinwalker. Uh, people have made claims that they have seen angels, UFOs, ghosts, shadow people, orbs, portals. Everything. Angels are thrown into that big list? Yeah, dude. It's huge hmm. with the big eight, with the new okay. age stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like All right. crystals and Got guardian it. angels yeah. and shit. Crystals and angels go hand in hand, mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Well. Um, so 3.5 million people visit Sedona on a daily basis. Uh, many people have seen, oh, I already said that. Um, so a lot of the people that go there are hoping to be healed or like have an experience, like, so see some of this weird shit. Yeah. Um, so the caller's name was Rudy. Um, and he called the writer Paul's paranormal hotline and said he was attacked by something invisible that was shooting him with quills. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> He said he felt uh, like he was Not attacked. his ex-wife. No, his wife was with him. Um, he said uh, he felt like he was attacked by an invisible porcupine, and uh, his wife saw red marks and one that looked like it was bleeding. Uh, 
He was in extreme pain for a while. The very by the next morning, the red marks were gone, and the caller was curious if Paul had heard anything about it. Um, mm. They kind of go back and forth with uh, a few things. Apparently, this dude's the caller had never seen anything paranormal before in his life, so he was just like, "I don't know. Have you heard anything like this?" So somebody who just really doesn't even pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, okay. um, well, I don't know why you'd go to Sedona if you're not paying attention to any of it. But. <laughs> Okay. Um, Touche. So Paul asked him if he saw anything after that. And after the attack, he said he saw a seven foot shadow figure move between some rocks uh, after the attack. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. So it, he said it felt like he was getting hit with quills. Was he actually hit with quills? Like, no. Did he, be, was he able to like save a. Uh, like quill off Guardians of the Galaxy? N- like oh, quills from a porcupine. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get the two convoluted. Okay. Well, I can see how that would be easy for you to do. <laughs> Shut um, the fuck up. So uh, he said it. F- he was like, I've never been uh, attacked by a porcupine, but I feel, feel like this is what it would That's feel like. That's what it would feel like. Um, mm. But like there was no physical evidence left behind besides oh. the red marks that disappeared by the next and day. And he didn't see anything. Do you know if they took Besides pic- the shadow person. Besides the shadow person. Did, okay. did he take pictures? Did his wife take pictures of his... Uh, I kind of skimmed yeah. a lot of the conversation, so mm-hmm. um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but uh, I don't what, think so. What is this creature called? The Sedona? The s- Invisible Porcupine Man of Sedona, and I don't think that it's like a known thing. I think it's that's just what the guy who wrote this story called it. Yeah, Maybe they can shorten that up just a tad, just a smidge. That's badass. I like it. You know, that's a mouthful. Well, remind me one of these days when we uh, get into cryptids, which actually is coming up soon. Um, I similar an article, not going to cover big now, but this is kind of cool that they have, there's different things about the craziest humanoid cryptids in every single state. So all 50 states have one, believe it or not, of something. So maybe this is Californians, a status of, Arizona. oh, Arizona, sorry, instead of like Bigfoot. In California, or whatever. I just so. looked at you like a disappointed teacher. I was like, I know, I know. Arizona. Yeah, I got California in my <laughs> mind for some reason. Over the totally top of my, my glasses and everything. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, I suck. <laughs> Anywho, uh, it's interesting. Everybody has lore. Everybody has folk legend. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, you know, kind of cool thing about. It. So, um, you guys got anything else? I no, think I'm good. I think I'm ready to yeah. uh, dive into the meat and potatoes. All right, let's do it. This is kind of a. I feel it's kind of a heavy subject, and. Um, Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So here we go. We hear a lot about climate change, Mm -hmm. and we hear a lot of reports about uh, El Ninos and about various storms. Cut all the trees, or in this case, it's all about climate change. The world needs to move with urgency to implement climate change actions that are sustainable as well as being inclusive. But from climate change is a reality which is impacting the world. So in the studio, uh, we again have Tori. So we covered a little bit in the beginning about um, kind of your education, where you came from. I, I don't know if you want to cover kind of what got you into it, I guess. What made you pursue that? Um, I don't really know, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry I put you on the spot. Um, I think that, so I started through um, my degree with anthropology and I don't know, I think I learned a little bit about the environmental impacts happening 
around the world that we don't see and we don't hear about and therefore they don't really matter to us in developed countries and it is known that it is going to be the most impactful going on in the future to people who don't have the resources to help themselves and you know buy really expensive food and buy water when it goes you know when it's really hard to find and so the environmental justice aspect of it definitely um, got me interested in it and then just I kind of dove in headfirst and got really sad for a while. I can, <laughs> and then, I can imagine. And then eventually came out on the other end of just kind of feeling like, you know, this is the reality and we're going to do what we can and we're going to get through it and that's all we can do. Well, with that being said, I mean, I guess we're full of questions because, I mean, I, I know I am, I know you guys are, I know it's a big yeah. thing for everybody, but there's so many different <clears throat> points of matter as far as uh, climate change in general. So I, my question, I guess, where you want to start? We're going to give you the floor, and then we'll just follow suit, you know, unless you guys got something else. Yeah, I guess if you just want to, if we can just start with what is climate change? You know, why why is this important? Why do we need to, why do we need to care about this? Yeah. Like what, you know. So unfortunately, we have a lot of people on the other side of this thing um, using terms like global warming and weather to kind of debunk the idea that this is actually happening. Um, because throughout geologic history, the earth has ebbed and flowed. It's gone through its glacial periods. It's warmed back up. This has happened a handful of times that we have recorded, you know. So people say, well, it's just that's what's happening again. Yeah, it's, part, it's just of, part of the cycle. Right, yeah. right. I hear that all the time. Um, but unfortunately, this time around, it's not happening naturally, and it's not happening slow enough that the Earth and its inhabitants, including us and all the other animals and plants, have time to adapt to. So because of the rate, that's the real issue, is how fast this is happening. And through ice core samples, we do know that the Earth's temperature has always fluxed with the level of CO2 in the atmosphere. That's a greenhouse gas and that's how we get our warm climate. So because we know that correlation and we know that since the industrial revolution and since the um, you know fossil fuel burning, we have released like 300 billion tons of um, CO2 into the atmosphere since the industrial revolution. That doesn't sound like a lot. <clears throat> yeah, that's just a Did little. Did you say billion? Yeah. You said billion. With a B. 300 With a B. billion, yeah. Gotcha. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Goddamn. Um, so, yeah, you can't really deny that <clears throat> there's a correlation between CO2 levels and planet temperature. And, oh, man, the record temperatures that have been breaking every single year, mm -hmm. the heat wave in Europe right now. Yeah, it just got to like, uh, I want to say 80 or 90 in uh, Alaska for the first time. Yeah. I got that Anchorage, right? Yeah. yeah unprecedented over Something there. like 250 yeah. billion or million. I might have that. I'm not sure if it's an M or a B on that one, but tons of ice have Both sound melted bad. in Greenland. Yeah. Yeah, salmon are dying off like crazy yeah. up in Alaska because they can't handle those high heats. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Amazon's on fire. The sub-Saharan African rainforest is on fire. Antarctica's on fire in places. The Siberian tundra's uh -huh. on fire. Yeah. 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 So you're saying this is bad. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to chalk it up. Yeah. Talking about the the ice melting. Um, so it's kind of hard to talk about this topic because it is so vast and so convoluted. And we just don't have a full grasp on how every piece of the puzzle is going to interact with one another. So like with the ice melting, ice white, it's a reflective color. It's going to bounce that heat back up. But as the ice melts and we have the dark seas, that's going to absorb the heat. So it's this positive feedback. Right. Like there's just all of these things happening that are compounding the problem. And and here's a question too. Something else that I I stumbled on that I I guess, you know, what your opinion on. Um, You talk about reflective and, and what that looks like. You know, snow usually, you know, has that white reflective to it. But now due to the pollution in certain areas, that snow actually has became dirty. Almost. So it actually is melting fire because or melting quicker because it's grabbing that quicker than it would be if it was just a a, a white plain background of source. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so that adds to some of that too, because now now you're looking at pollution. Now you're looking at the gray matter and the soot and everything else is trapped in that in that snow so, yearly. Like even more than that, uh the greenhouse gases like CO two and methane, they act like your car window, basically. So the snow reflects the heat back up off but then it gets trapped by the gases in the atmosphere instead right. of being reflected back out into space. And that causes shit to get warmer and like ice so, is not. So you're hot boxing yourself. Melt. Yeah. Yeah. Like as we raise the temperature, the ice melts like uh, pollution is a cause of it, but not so much because of dirty snow more because of that effect. So here's a question that, um, and I guess any one of us can answer this one as a country. When we talk about honestly, you know, so yeah, there's still people out there that, and we'll get into a little bit about the whole conspiracy and, you know, I've got some called Agenda 21 on my side, which is kind of interesting. And I have some real conspiracies. <clears throat> oh, dun, dun, dun. I wish I had that button. Um, when we talk about countries as a whole and how long, how many countries really go, you know what, we are in this to win this, where we sign the agreement, we're going to be part of this. We know Trump pulled us out of the Paris Accords, for example. Um, where do we stand as a country? when we look at the rest of the world and how they view the climate change, do we know those facts and figures? Well, it looks like leadership that we don't, we have care. no leadership. We don't care. Well, <laughs> we don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen is just a lay person, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like our country is taking a very steadfast approach to doing anything about it. Like we're basically saying this isn't real. We don't care about it. We're not part of the climate uh, a core. We're not making money off of it, so why pay well, attention? we don't want to threaten the money that we are making off of fossil fuels. C- correct. Now, so that's kind of the answer I was looking for, because there's a big chunk of that. I know that I always get all fucking weird and talk about, like, let's eat the rich, but uh, it's this is all about protecting profit mm-hmm. at the expense oh, of everyone totally. else on the fucking planet. I wouldn't say all, but I'd say maybe 95%. No, it's 100% about protecting profit. God, that's so negative, dude. Dude, so, well, let me hit you with this real quick. (laughs) In the 70s, ExxonMobil wanted to be the Bell Labs of energy. Yep. And so they were doing all sorts of uh, research into, like, solar and alternative uh, fuels and everything. Um, They had all these different divisions. And then uh, the energy crisis and the economic crisis in the late 70s hit. 
they realized those wouldn't be as big of profit centers as the money they were making off petroleum. So they sold all that, well, eventually ended up selling all that shit off, but they had done all of these studies in the 70s into climate change, into like the fucking devastation that just pumping car exhaust and refining waste into the atmosphere would do. And they knew we'd be exactly where we are now, if not sooner. After they sold all that off, they invested millions and millions of dollars into uh, basically debunking the science that they had done so that they could muddy the waters in this debate because now they're solely invested in petroleum. Yeah. And they spent an obscene amount of money. Coke Industries, the Coke brothers, may they burn in fucking hell, uh, spent so much more that it's like just disgusting, like not even comparable. Like, so it's 100% about profit over everything right. else. It's the rich wanting to stay rich and then making people who that's where you get the arguments of like, Oh, there was a record snowstorm this winter. What about global warming? Oh, that's, I know. That's, I know. that's from, the biggest fucking pile of horseshit. That is ever. from the disinformation campaign that, uh, Exxon Mobil waged right. in the eighties. Well, right. also so we're, we're talking weather versus climate change. So what's the, what's the, yes. dif what's the difference? Yeah. So weather is what's happening outside your window right now. Weather is the long-term averages and time. Like maybe it snowed one time in Seattle, but yeah. how many times has that ever, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's all about the averages. So like, this yeah. is what the climate is based on days and years of records. Okay. So basically weather is just what happens on your day-to-day, week-to-week and climate right. is and like, decades your yeah. your long term your long goal yeah like where we're at all right. the averages and everything right. yeah yeah exactly got it fucking too. i know right how unprofessional am i god My damn it. lord <sighs> fucking chastise me beat me please somewhere naked in a closet all right um where were we so another thing i you mentioned the was it chevron or shell exxon mobile exxon mobile Okay. There's something that was a little bit more recent. And again, you know, there's more to the story, but when you talk about people making profit off their business and what they're doing, um, the pistachios in California, I don't know. Did you stumble on that? Did anybody hear about this? Mm -mm. They're so convenient in the stores where literally they're now they're shelled, they're bagged, they're bagged. You can get them for whatever have you. The company that runs that, that actually does that, they're making hand over fist, but they're taking a huge, huge fucking percentage of water away from California to grow set pistachios because of the money that they make. Because it takes three times more to do that. They literally plow down crops and orchards in order to make this other thing happen because it was a profit. I mean, even little things like that happen on a microcosm, but then you blow it up on a macrocosm, that's a problem because everybody has something to gain. So then you look at that. So my question is you look at uh, climate change. Is it profit? Or is it concern? What outweighs more? Uh, Do you mean as far as combating it? Like what's going to get us to care about it? I, I think really where we're at now, like how come we don't care as much as we really should? Because people are fucking stupid. So I think it really does come down to the dollar sign and um, global economic control. Because the Paris Agreement has no binding contract. You do not get penalized. You do not... Nothing happens if you don't meet these agreements that you mm -hmm. agreed to. So 
the fact that, you know, China, India, these big developing countries, they want to be on the same economic standing as the United States, as Europe, and they're not going to hinder their economic growth because it's environmentally degrading. It's like, well, you guys are already here. You already released all this CO2. We're going to do it as well. Yeah, right. We're going to follow in your footsteps because you already fucked it up. So what do we got to lose? Well, like, yeah, like they're going to listen to us being like, no, that's bad when they're like, you just did that like yeah. already a century it. ago. So, so now we're in hypocrite territory. It's really where we're at. Well, it's where to a certain we point. like to be. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's evidently fucking we like being hypocrite. Where we are. Fucking amazes me. Um, What what else do you have to add to that, Tori, as, as far as like we're, this is what's – and I don't want to change necessarily what it is because I want to come back to I, – I think we really should end with the positivity of, okay, how do we fix it? Who's fixing it? What organizations out there, what sure. groups, what countries are out there really giving a shit about where we're at? And and I think that's that's kind of a follow-up. But well, something that I stumbled on real quick that was interesting, for example, when we talk about climate change and, you know, some people still don't believe it's fucking going on. Um, there's an article that came out last week. Uh, the truth of climate change is recorded by centuries of French wine harvests. It sounds simple, right, to a certain point. But uh, in France, they have kept literally 664 years of records um, on the weather for their grapes, for their wine, because they have to, you know, when they harvest, when they do everything. And they've tracked this for all this time. And it literally in the last 10 years has been exponential about how quick the climate has moved south than good for us. Little tiny things like that. No, nothing about the cords, nothing about, you know, taking ice course. That all is important, but little things like this. I mean, what, what the fuck? You know, we're, we're not paying attention to this stuff? Bees and everything else? Animals not adapting right? Yeah. Well, isn't there, um, aren't we in like the fifth greatest mass extinction currently? Yeah, we're losing dozens of species a day when normally because extinction is another thing that's natural like species come and go mm-hmm. and normal extinction rate is like two a year and we're losing dozens a day wow yeah from what so how long has that been going on i mean if we really look at has it been from the turn of the century or like within the last 50 60 years i think that they started talking about this extinction within the last five years that's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and plus we have all of the ice caps melting, which is going to raise <clears throat> raise the water. So I mean, I feel like that is threatening humans directly. Once the because it very I mean, much is the majority of people live along the coast. Yeah, it's funny that we have a city in Florida building pumps along their shorelines for the sea level rise, and there's people denying that. Yeah, climate change that, is, that that is thing. happening. It's like this city right. is. Spending millions of dollars to try and keep the water at bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, real. And hurricanes get worse every year. There are island nations that are like fighting for their lives right now. Like, uh, I can't remember his name. He was like a old science dude um, that was one of the first people to start really seriously trying to talk about climate change. Like I want to say back in the seventies. And I want to say he was the guy that wrote the book or came up with the idea of a tipping point. And I wish I could remember his name. I just remember him hearing him on like uh, an NPR 
program one time and he was saying that basically we we're already past the tipping point he's like there's seven billion people on the planet like i keep hearing that if we all exhale at once we're putting so much more carbon into the air than right. like we can really survive anyway but he was talking about how it's going to become a crisis of uh, a refugee crisis basically because like everyone not just people from island nations are going to have nowhere to go but then like also massive parts of like New There's, York City. Sure. Like, <laughs> like New York, yeah, Miami, right? Like a, a ton of shit's going to be underwater, but then also what's not underwater, the the weather patterns are going to be completely different for. So you so what where it used to be fertile, it might become a desert like Well, I've, wait a minute. When you talk about hurricanes, I've I've got an idea. Why don't we just nuke them? I mean, if we nuke them, they go away, right? Somebody else said that last week. Hmm, can't put my finger on. Who was it? Oh yeah. Fucking Trump. Did yeah. you guys catch that shit? Yeah. He also, in the year of our Lord, 2019, said, oh, look at this giant snowstorm. Whatever happened to global warming like a fucking It's toddler. fake news. So. It's fake. All fucking fa I wish I could donkey punch him in the duck. Anyway. I feel like- uh, Sorry, I'm getting off track. Yeah, I feel like I've noticed <laughs> um, climate change here in Utah. Yeah. I feel like we're On getting, a microcosm, yeah. We're, we're like I've been noticing that uh, it's been a lot wetter here. <clears throat> We've, uh, like- our spring went until July. I ne I've never, I've grown up in Salt Lake and I've never seen it rain that much. Our, yeah, and our summers have been lasting longer. I mean, yesterday it was 105 degrees in September. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing in Washington State. It's, it's the same thing. So, you know, we, we see these. So here's some, and I don't, I can ask you, Tori, if you know how much this, but I think the light, you say four or five years where we have actually been talking about species, disappearance, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I read that we actually have heated up two degrees in the last four or five years, right? Which doesn't sound like a, a big chunk. But that's... But two degrees is fucking infamous when you yeah. talk about how that affects everything. You know, and like Vegas. Vegas has heated up literally six degrees since 1970. Which a lot of that probably is just fucking Vegas, but it's all the asphalt and you power know, exhaust. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Two degrees. Sorry, I'm stepping over your toes. No, you go. Uh, two degrees average globally doesn't sound like a lot, but you've got to understand that, like, to get to two degrees average globally, there are places that are way fucking higher than that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are some effects? that this is going to cause. I mean, we've talked about the refugee crisis, you know, obviously with the sea level rising, so many people on the shores, they have to move inland. Yeah. Um, um, what are, yeah. What are some other effects? So I think a big issue in the future will, well, I mean, it kind of already is arguably um, the food production because with climate, changing climates, you aren't going to be able to grow the same things that you were able to grow in the same place years ago. Um, and we also wanted to talk about topsoil. Yes. Yeah. So because of our industrial agricultural process, the way that we grow our food today, um, we monocrop, we pump everything full of pesticides and fertilizers and all of these things. We till every single year. We are losing topsoil um, faster than it can replenish. For three centimeters of topsoil, it takes a thousand years. Oh, and it's oh washing God. away. Yeah. 
So topsoil is the top three feet of the Earth's surface. It's full of microorganisms, um, biological matter, all the nutrients that the plants need to grow and produce healthy food. Um, so when it's dry, when it doesn't have root structures to hold it in place, it gets blown away by the wind, it gets washed away in floods, it ends up in the oils which or oceans which create dead zones. Um, so if we don't have topsoil, we don't have healthy food, basically. So this reference is something that we talked about four or five uh, podcasts ago. We actually had a, a listener, William, by the way, William Bishop, how are you doing out there? Um, he What's was up, very Will? curious about, yeah, he was very curious when you mentioned that. And that's, I'm glad you covered that because that, that is a, something I didn't know. I mean, that is absolutely, you, you think about that three centimeters for a thousand years. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a precious, precious resource and uh, it's really unfortunate, but um, people say that we, like the way that we grow food is the only way that we can produce enough food to feed the entire world. But if you think about how much food we throw away, right? it's so sad and devastating. Well, Especially this country yeah. in general. Yeah. It's just I, awful. I mean, three of the people in this room have worked in restaurants for yeah. a very, very long time and just seen the amount of food waste of, you know. Yeah. Well, like, and it's also disgusting. you said monocropping. So <clears throat> just growing corn. Constantly, soybeans. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, and that's sucking out all these different nutrition. Yeah, every plant takes out different nutrients out of the soil and puts other nutrients into the soil. So mm. that's why you need to rotate your crops every year. This is what happened in Ireland with the potato famine. That's oh. the exact reason. Okay, right? that makes sense. So when we talk about that, how many how many countries are on board with actually changing that out? Like, how good are we getting? We're saying we're not going to plant the same thing in the same area. We're going to rotate something else out for different nutrients, different ways. Like, is it a, is it a good percentage or are we still struggling? No, I mean, it's. I mean, I've driven through the Midwest a million times. That's what and, I'm saying. Uh, I mean, the same corn crop for how many fucking years? Because yeah. that's what the family grows. Yep. It's, it's, it's a movement that's starting from the bottom. People are doing it in their own backyards. Small farmers are doing it. But as far as the big, big agricultural businesses they're not doing it and they're not going to and because no. it was profit for too it. is it's not at a government level it's it's individual companies i wouldn't even call them farmers they're companies yeah corporations yeah right and there's a lot of companies that have bought farms and they run said farms because well, that's the only way those farmers really can survive and is also, if somebody else oversees them like let's talk about uh let's talk about uh how meat dependent our diet is yes like i i can't say anything on this one because i love meat <laughs> uh i do too but, but at the same time I mean, we like, all do but you have to recognize how actually bad it is for the environment you I can't mean, enjoy a right. steak when you're dead yeah yeah but it just it takes so much land that could be used to grow other things to uh to feed cattle and water that's subsidized by the government yeah and methane that the cows fart. Yeah. I, mean, I hear a lot of that, but yeah, I mean that's not funny. That really is, you know. Well, it's, part of it's fucking I mean, hilarious. It's just sad. That a it's cow a fart. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I've never really physically heard a cow fart, but one of these days, it's on my bucket list. Let's see what happens. Just go to so, a farm, Shane. It's pretty. Gross. I grew up on a farm, and I waited for a long time. Nothing. Never. Mm. I don't know if they just had corks in their asses. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, yeah. When we talk about that, that is actually very interesting. There are some countries that I feel are doing better. With the animal versus the 
crops, you know, like they had there a little bit more because they're realizing. I know we've done studies and we're getting better with planting, uh, which is sad that we have to come to this, but like drought resistant type plants and vegetables that survive. I similar article about barley that is growing and the article is really about how whiskey is going to survive because, you know, they made this barley that is almost drought resistant and this is what's going to happen. It's funny, but at the same time, that's what we're getting to where we're actually having to do these studies where we have to plant something that doesn't need water, doesn't need as much, maybe more sun, but not less water. And that's kind of the, the realm we're going. What what does that look like for the future? Like, is that a good thing or does that just mean we're trying to, I guess, cover our own ass in a way? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think any plant that uses less water is great. Yeah. But. Yeah. I'm not going to eat a cactus, though. I don't know how I feel about, because <laughs> they are making, um, What's that called when the plant's been modified? MGMs? Oh, GMOs. Oh, MG. GMOs. Yeah, GMOs. Yeah, they're making, like, that's kind of one of the driving arguments for that kind of food production. They're like, well, it's going to be drought resistant. It's going to grow bigger and it's going to be. Yeah, but what are you doing to that plant? Yeah. That's the thing. <clears throat> you know? Well, I mean, in that regard, though, there's been plant and animal uh, husbandry, I think is what they used to call it, for thousands of years. There like has, I mean, when you see a breeding for yeah, crops, right, yeah. exactly. Like a strawberry doesn't look like a fucking strawberry a hundred years ago. You ever seen a picture of a strawberry a hundred years ago? Doesn't look like our strawberries, not even close, because it was so modified over yeah, the time. I mean, you know, doing all the stuff that we're doing with like pesticides and like and and hormones and shit that's bad and dangerous. I think. Yeah, I think that's what it really comes down to is maybe we will be able to continue to grow food by pumping it full of a bunch of chemicals when it really should be a natural process of its roots going down and getting that stuff out of the soil. Because when you're, when you're doing all of those chemicals and then it gets washed out to the ocean and creates these dead zones where there's no oxygen and fish can't survive and there's algae blooms and like, yeah. Yeah. It's almost and like you solved one problem, even though you don't know what those chemicals are doing, but you just cause a slew of three others. Yeah. That is our outcome. And that's kind of where we're at. That's the only thing that makes me like really skeptical, skeptical about like uh, impossible and beyond burgers and stuff is like the flavor is chemical. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not a healthy alternative. No. Well, not that, but there, there's more to that. And though. also like to make that at an industrial scale, is it any less pollute, polluting? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Yeah. Like that's just an honest well, question for me. Fairly but. brand new too. So. But I guess we'll see. On the other hand, like I don't want my stuff that's not meat to taste like meat. Like, I, I like a garden weird. burger, you know? Right, right, exactly. No, we can discuss that um, here in a little bit. Uh, do you have anything else as far as sustainable or grow? Because we can kind of shift gears a little bit, and I think uh, we'll do a quick promo, and then we can go into, I guess, how countries are doing what they're doing. Yeah, well, is there any why? other background I, stuff you want to get I just, out? I just have a question of. You know, we talk about all this, but how do we get people uh, aware, concerned? Like, how do how do we get people to change their tune and actually care about this? You know, use glass bottles instead of, you know, yeah. one time use plastics and, you know, all all, the, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, on a small scale, I'm thinking about you and my best friend Shannon. Like, you guys 
didn't really care about the environment a whole lot. And then I think you just kind of saw what I was doing and it kind yeah. of rubbed off on you, I guess. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just... think that leading by example is a great first step. Like just let people see what you're doing. And if they want to ask questions like, oh, why do you bring your own to-go containers? And why do you do all these things? Like it's a great way to have a conversation about the issues we're facing. Um, but on a large scale, we're fucked. I think you can say that if you want to. I think it would have people are motivated by money. Like it has to be something right. monetary that's going to get people to change. Yeah, right. It's, like it's the, sadly enough, it's going to have to be a big fucking slap in the face. Well, and I feel like we. I feel like there are other alternative energy sources and stuff like that. But There's we're just plenty. so we're so like invested in the fossil fuels that that's, we just refuse. Yeah, crazy. We f refuse to let go of that well and and that's with good reason too i mean like i think one of the first things trump started doing was rolling back the tax subsidy that you get for buying a hybrid or an electric vehicle yeah and those maybe not anymore but uh at the time those motherfuckers were pricey as fuck mm -hmm. you know like i would love to have a prius or like a, a tesla anything. jesus like, look at the price of one of those are it's ridiculous my girlfriend's parents have a hybrid ford fusion um that's a plug-in also and that thing gets like 70 miles to the gallon. Like, oh, no. I, that's amazing. Like, if you can keep, I couldn't do this when uh, they were out of town for a little bit. And so we had it and we're driving it around. And I couldn't keep my lead foot under control. But, like, uh, her dad was saying that he could drive that thing across the country without stopping for gas. Yeah. So wow. the technology is there. It is. And actually, that's a good thing to, to stop with before we go into the, But I want to actually talk about technology and, and maybe where it's being hindered. Because I really think, like for a discussion of solar panels, for example, I, I think it's I think we should have been a long ways more than we are now as a country. Um, but part of that is what fucking ExxonMobil did um, by trying to uh, suppress actual climate science. So... It, it kind of like didn't let that technology scale up to the point it is now as fast as it could have. So it was always very expensive and now it's, it's like reasonably affordable, but at the same time, like I can't afford it. Right. Right. The normal layperson really can't. Yeah. So, and, and we need these changes on a fucking giant scale. We need it to either be paid for by the government that every house has solar panels or we need them to be so cheap that you, everyone for the most part, can afford them. Like new construction is already built with solar Yeah, panels. like it should be code, right, basically. Right, yeah. Yeah, we'll discuss that uh, amongst other things. Stand by. Listen and find additional content at mystrangeuncles.com or wherever you get your pods. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us gain visibility. Uh, you can call us at 801-252-69... Yeah, boy. 45. Uh, also, you can find us on Twitter at Strange Uncles. And also Instagram and Facebook at Strange Uncles Podcast. Close the gates. Okay, so Tori, like, uh, who, like, what countries are the, are the worst polluting and, like, um, is there anyone like leading the charge to make a difference? Um, so China is the biggest 
CO2 emitter. However, the U.S. is higher per capita. Right. So China has more people, but we produce more per person. And third place is India. Okay. So it makes sense because they are the fastest growing countries right, right now. Um, their infrastructure and their economies are just booming. So that makes sense. Um, as far as leading the charge, it does appear that the smaller countries, the more socialist countries are able to make the biggest changes. Um, there's a ton of, oh, I wish I could remember which island specifically, but one of the island nations um, banned all plastic bags. Good. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing that. Is it I Bali? Don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and it was led by two like 12 year old girls. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The campaign. Um, and then, yeah, like Denmark and all those cute. Yeah. The they, Scandinavian. Yeah. Countries. They're yeah. really good about, you know, riding bikes. And um, I think Germany is known to have um, ugly food stores. So all of this food that would have been wasted because it has imperfections or it just, you know, carrots grew funny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and lots of bulk stores, lots of, yeah, more sustainable so, behavior is kind of just socially accepted. It's a like they're actually socially, they, it's understood to yeah. a certain point. You know, you guys actually go into Iceland, mm -hmm. right, in a little bit. I know Sweden is one of those countries that really have done, they've done a great job mm -hmm. on kind of a good sustainability, where they're at, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think Iceland kind of follows suit with some of that. Is Is that one of the reasons you're going or is that I, just... Well, we found cheap flights. That's no. why we're going. But <laughs> Sorry, I mean, it's a beautiful place and I'm really excited to see it. Um, but I th I don't want to say this if it's not true, but I think that the majority of the island is powered by geothermal energy. Yeah, I think it, you're right. I think so too. Is it like 100% yeah. or is it? Uh, I don't just, think it's 100%, okay. but I think it's a, it's a significant yeah. amount. Yeah, so Wh which is neat. Yeah, I mean that's just you know to me. Um, I mean, I do have the internet sitting in my lap. I guess I could look that up. <laughs> true. Um, I, I think that's cool when we talk about who's doing what. Um, I think we need to go down this road briefly because there are some listeners that are going to want it, I guess. Well, yeah, no one wants to hear straight up science and facts. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, you know, let's yeah, only, heaven forbid. Only straight up science and yeah. facts, I guess I should say. Yeah. So we're going to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Um, has anybody here at the table heard of Agenda 21? No. I've heard of it. But I have not looked one little tiny bit into it. I never heard of it until you brought it up the other day, but it sounds like the old FEMA camp bullshit. Uh, well, before you say that, let's kind of recap and then we'll go from there. Because I, I, I think if this this is actually, it actually did happen. If it's true and how they wanted to perceive it, how they wanted to kind of unfold, I don't did really. It? <laughs> did don't it look actually at me like happen? that Mrs. Sundersome third grade. <laughs> Shane, you've been a very bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Spank, spank, spank. So Agenda 21 is a non-binding action plan of the United Nations uh, with regard of sustainable development. It is a product of the Earth Summit, UN Conference, Environment and Development, happening in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil in 1992. Um, basically, it refers to an affirmed and had a few modifications um, that signed the following things. Um, there are sections to it. Social and economic dimensions is directed towards combating poverty, especially in developing countries, changing consumption patterns, promoting health, achieving a more sustainable population, and sustainable settlement and decision-making. 
So when we talk about what our goals are, when we look at we're killing ourselves, let's do something different. So far, it sounds like they're on board, okay, with how this is. Um, and this is the thing that actually happened, right? It did. Actually, there okay. was there was an accord. There was a lot of countries that signed for it. The United States, you know, in, it was one. When was this? Uh, 1992. Okay. Yeah. So it was a conference that they had. Um, conservation and management of resources for development includes atmospheric protection, combating deforestation, protecting fragile environments, con- conservation of biological diversity, and control of pollution and management of biotechnology. Section three, strengthening the role of major groups, includes the roles of children and youth, women, NGOs, local authorities, business and industry, and workers, and strengthening the role of indigenous people, their communities, and farmers. Um, Section four, and I'll wrap it up here, means of implementation, includes science, technology, transfer, education, international institutions, and financial mechanisms. So basically, what it held was, we're going to catalog Water, land, where we're at, what we're doing. One of the things that um, I think was disgruntling for a lot of people to sign the agreement was they had an idea long-term that a lot of private lands were going to turn over to public or governmental. Their idea was we weren't going to be individual governments. We're going to be kind of a United Nations of sort. We're going to bring together. We're all going to house these things together because we are going to fight what we know as global warming. So if we get rid of everybody else's plans and there's one group that maintains it and they organize and they catalog and they record everything where we know where our water is, where our land is, where everything is going on, um, this will sustain us and this will bring us back out of what we know as climate change. This was 1992. Did they say where did that? Uh, what you um, not where. where it was Rio de Janeiro when they did it in Brazil, but okay. it was, uh, everybody signed the accord. So it was when, and again, United States was one of those. So United States, George Bush didn't sign it, but he sent a liaison there to sign it of sorts. And most countries are on the board. Now this actually happened, but then you have another side of this going on, which is the, um, the people that are kind of, I guess, a conspiracist of it, you know? Nope, they're taking our stuff. There's absolutely no way you can do this. You know, the Green New Deal is the boldest tactic yet to advance UN Agenda Fit 21, uh, which basically means, nope, they're trying to drive people, which what I was talking about earlier, trying to drive people to the cities um, because there will be no land that you can own in the surrounding things, even though their agenda is to save. Yeah, I was going to say that's not what it sounded like from what you just read. Exactly. But that's what conspiracists well, are twisting that to yeah, be. Yeah, because it's always fucking it's always something it's always like they're they're taking our gerbs they're yeah. taking our land like <laughs> exactly especially here in the u.s especially in the west here in the u.s where like they hate the blm and like federal public lands anyway yeah well true and this is one of the things that um and and i don't know if you brought this up but this is something that i, I come across a lot was the uh ipcc which stands for intergovernmental panel on climate change um, been around for a while, evidently. Um, they say there's a quote on that. Human influence has detected in warming of the atmosphere and the ocean, in changes in the global water cycle, in reductions in snow and ice, in global mean sea level rise, and in changes in some climate extremes. This evidence for human influence has grown since AR4. It is extremely likely, 95 to 100%, that human influence has been a dominant cause of the observed warning, warming since the mid-20th century. 
And that kind of laid the ground for why they wanted to put this together. Yeah. I mean, so the Trump administration has directed the the EPA to not mention anthropogenic climate change True. at all. Yeah. Which is basically the fancy science name for human-caused global warming um, because of that. Right. Uh, so, yes, and I understand that. And that's the flip side of it. But at the same time, th- this is my – I'm kind of out on the board with – and I guess story, maybe if you had an answer for this. In theory, this sounds great because it sounds like a – it sounds like a global union of sorts of, look, we're going to combat this on a bigger, bigger level, but is there money behind it? Like really, if you think about what it sounds like, what what's your viewpoints, I guess, or anybody's viewpoints, really? I mean, just hearing that little bit you read, it sounds like a viable solution because I don't think that we can really solve a global crisis without coming together as a global community. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't imagine how they would make money off of that proposal. Um, the idea that they're trying to drive people into the city could be valid because I do know that sprawl is a really big issue um, in terms of creating sustainable communities. Like if everyone is spread out, then all of your resources are having to be shipped that much farther. Yeah. So that would be my only thought with that. Yeah. And that's something I think we briefly talked about, like driving people to the cities. Is that really a, an idea? You know, but that's a very good point. You talk about resources, trains, buses, semis, trucks, you know, bringing everything in. And yeah. then you can actually take this plot of land that maybe is government owned or unity owned, however you want to look at it, and um, rebuild it or regentrify it, I guess, in a way, you know, so it's it's more feasible. Well, I, I don't know. It- so in the U.S., if you say anything that sounds anything remotely socialist or communist or for the greater good in general, every like anyone on the right will start screaming oh, socialism course. and trying to drum up the Red Scare. And it sucks so fucking bad because socialism in and of itself is not a bad thing. And especially if you go the route of democratic socialism where uh, – the people still pick the leaders, but the leaders actually work for the people instead of corporations and instead of, uh, you know, trying to line their own pockets. The job of the government is to take care of their people. And if they don't fucking take care of their people, then what the fuck good are they? Like, so you can take exactly. this representative Republic and shove it up your ass. Exactly. No, so and, and I see revolution. that similar. Um, I want to mention because it does pop around. Agenda 21 does, and it still is viable. I mean, it's out there and people, there's people from both sides, which, you know, one side is you're taking things away from us. The other side is, no, we're trying to save you, I, I guess, in a way. Um, somebody said, you know, but there also is conversation about uh, the bad guys on this. And I think we want to talk a little bit about that, didn't we? About who uh, we did in the beginning a little bit. But who is – there's a lot of people that's going to make money on the backside. There's a lot of money on the backside. There's a lot of greed on the backside. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Coke Industries has made billions of dollars refining oil in the Bay of Galveston and just fucking destroying it. It's like uninhabitable now. Like, Yeah. You talked about um, money being had. Back and forth. Tori, do you think there will ever be a point in our lifetime, hopefully our lifetime, 
where that won't be a thing. We'll, we'll reverse ourselves a little bit, and we're 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 better for ourselves than we are for what the all all dollar is. That's um, a question. I know yeah. it's so hard. I I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime. I think that our money culture is too ingrained in our society and the way we procure things and the way that we go about our day and like even view one another and our environment. It's all about the dollar sign. I think that if this all collapses or when it all collapses, that I think when's a good, yeah, I, I think that it could potentially become something different, but until it breaks, I don't think it's going to change on its own. Yeah. Nothing is changing uh, without some type of revolution. Destruction. No, honestly, like, Yeah, whether whether it's a, a a conscious revolution, whether it's like a awakening, mm-hmm. or if it's some crazy ass. Well, if you want to look at the uh, correlation between stock prices being high and just like out there in the wool racism, like we have right now, uh, that's that's a real correlation. And it's because the the elite want to keep us poor's concentrated on. Like, fuck you, neighbor. You have like a little bit nicer stuff than me. I hate you. Or fuck you, neighbor. We're not the same color, even though we're both poor as fuck. Like, yeah. and they use that as a distraction. Like, well, well, they do because they know they can. They, they know that that's there, and that's what's that's well, yeah, what's piddly between us as human beings. So here's the thing: and, if, if the stock price is high, that means that workers aren't getting fucking paid. Sorry, the working class needs to own the means of production, and they need to own the the profits. That's why wages are stagnant is because everyone who owns stock wants a return on their investment. And if wages go up, that means that they're not getting that return on investment. But profit is profit for shareholders is money that's stolen from the workers and it's fucking bullshit. And they use things like racism and shit like that. Not that it doesn't exist anyway, but they use it to keep us from being like, oh, hey, wait, you know what? The top 1% probably shouldn't have most of the wealth in the world, especially in the wealthiest country in the history of the world. Well, the, the, yeah, that's another subject. Racism shouldn't fucking exist, but it does. But no, that's but, because but we're it's being weaponized. And, and that's is just what us. I'm yes. Saying. And, and that always has been. But the cool thing about when we, we not the cool thing, but no, it is actually cool. When we talk about um, climate change, global warming, people involved, you guys touched on a little bit in the beginning of it starts on the grassroots level and goes up. There have been, as negative as this has been, this whole episode, and it really has because global warming and climate change is awful. And the people not paying attention to it, the people lining their pockets because of it, um, tribes that are suffering from it because there was a dam built in Sudan that locks off half their water supply because some guy had an earmark and he shook hands in Congress. No matter what the issue is, it's horrible. There still is some bright sides on this. And the bright side is people really do care. And there's a lot of people that care. And I think that's where it stems from. And, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit if, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like there's a movement. And I do feel like there are more of us than the media wants us to believe. I think people are waking up to it. I think that our generation is 
you know, talking to our parents and they're changing their habits and we're having kids and we're making them be better people than we were growing up, you know? Um, and I do think that because of money and because of politics, it's not going to happen from the top down. It really does have to be grassroots and it does have to be small daily things that you can do. I think for a while in my studies, I was bombarded with the, you know, the backlash and all of the, (laughs) the barriers that we have to overcome. And I, by the end, I just realized like, I can only do what I can do. And that's the only thing that I can control. So start there, talk to your friends and family and yeah. So create new habits. I mean, I I think it's a big one right there. Yeah. You know, make it a conscious effort to be mm, better when it comes to stuff. I mean, yeah. And you just get used to living your life like that way. I mean, and don't beat yourself down when you don't do it perfectly. Like the Instagram is such an amazing social media tool to promote change and to promote good things. Um, However, I've noticed that there's this thing called like zero waste and people love to make themselves look like they don't create any trash and it's this beautiful thing that they do. It starts somewhere, guys. That's not real. Like you can't do that unless you want to kill yourself trying. It's not feasible. Like do what you can be low waste Ride your bike. I think awareness is the is the key. Yeah. If if as long as you're aware and you know you're not just throwing your McDonald's wrapper on the ground and you're you, yeah. like as long as you just have some type of awareness, I think that's a huge first you, step. You know, know what's funny is that like uh, so I run that that site you know and and I'm you know I'm in control of the building and everything else and uh, I decided we have 14 other sites around the world. Bangalore is one by the way, which India we talked about. They are really suffering with their infrastructure and their pollution and what they're doing. Um, I <laughs> I decided I was going to kick off recycling. Do you know, it, you would have thought that I would fucking rip their arm off and beat them over the head with their own arm because they had to recycle because they couldn't, why, they didn't have a trash can at their cubicle. They didn't have a trash can in their office. It was an uphill battle for about eight months and it still continues, but really eight months of just... Guys, this is why we're doing this. This is what's going on. This is what, like, it was beating a dead horse forever. And I know it's on a small scale, but when you talk about that, that's really where it starts. It starts somewhere. Well, and I think if you have a million small scale things, that adds up. Like, you think of it individually, like, oh, well, I'm I'm just recycling this thing, or like, I'm not, I'm drinking a glass of water without a straw, you know, like, yeah. And that in itself is just one thing. But if a bunch of people do these small little things, that adds up. Small things equal so, a Jenga pile. But like one cow fart doesn't matter. But you know, yeah, a billion cow farts. <laughs> Dude, people. I don't ever want to be in a field so, with a billion cow farts. I'm just saying. Uh, like, I mean, are there more meaningful actions we can take besides not just like using a straw and like recycling? Even yeah, like actually, our recycling yeah. program here is flawed as fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course it is. In this country? Well, yeah. in Salt Lake specifically. Oh, Salt Lake's shitty, but, but this country I mean, At least we too. have one. I, I spent a lot of time in Arkansas, and they don't even have a recycling. Well, they don't have garbage cans there, right? Mm-hmm. They do. Okay. 
Um, so the number easy there. The number, <laughs> the number one biggest thing that you can do to reduce your carbon footprint is to have one fewer child than you were planning. Okay. Well, my first dead. All right. I'm just gonna uh, have to write him down and say, "You got to walk off a cliff." Yep. Sorry. Okay. Guy. Um. Uh. What other things can we do that are like uh, big impactful things that individuals can do? Um. Because people want kids and they're going to have kids. Well, I, I mean, you can have one fewer kid. I get that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I can know. kill one. I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, I'm don't. <laughs> um, so airplane rides are huge. For the CO. carbon footprint on airplane yeah. is amazing, I heard. Which is unfortunate because I'm not not going to travel. No. But, you know, but I also fly like once isn't, a year. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that what like people were flipping out with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? He's like super environmental, environmental, but he's like taking all these like yeah. private, private jets. jets yeah, I mean, which I mean, how are you going to get from one place to another? Yeah, well, what, you expect him to fucking ride a bike. Yeah, yes, I do. I expect a lot from from Leo. Thank you. <laughs> I want you in a red wagon, and well, I want you to go yeah, from I mean, New York to Texas. Yeah, I, I love, can't imagine he's going from Hollywood to Paris. <laughs> like, I love the NBA, yeah. and they fly from game to game, like they're rock stars in the 70s yeah. flying from show to show like i mean should i boycott the nba yeah also, well that's the thing is that's the thing is like we're not going to stop polluting yeah the polluting is just going to happen it's being aware of what you're doing and trying to not do it as much as you can exactly and tori what you said okay so airplanes are an example but mm-hmm. at the same time okay we know that in our society in our world, that's kind of impossible not to do. Yeah. So what counterbalances that? Um, yeah, offsets are important as well. Um, riding your bike, growing some food at your house, um, being water-wise. Uh, if you own your home, trying to, you know, get those energy-efficient appliances, solar panels, if you can afford them. Um, like bulk yeah. stores. If there's a bulk store oh, yeah, in your bulk neighborhood, stores are great. Instead of buying a plastic bottle of lotion every time, you have a glass uh, container that you go and fill up every okay, couple. Of well, and I know this is a, a no, mute point, but like Winko, for example, is great with like spices. Mm-hmm. I never go anywhere but Winko for spices because I just take my bag and I do my little bottle and I fill it back up. And yeah. exactly, yeah. Know? So we. So. We get our shampoo, our lotion, um, conditioner, conditioner, soap. dish soap, yeah. all that. And we just have. Okay. So for Utah people, container. where do you go for that? Is there one local? Um, there's a couple. Yeah. There's uh, Hello Bulk Market, which is on the west side. I love them. And there is Animalia, which is on 900 South. Um, Winco's great. Uh, Sprouts has a great bulk section. Yeah. Oh, shopping secondhand is huge. The textile industry is one of the biggest polluters. It's crazy. So I can imagine. borrow, buy secondhand. That's that's really key. Um, if you are going to buy new, buy something quality. Like invest in a piece that you're going to have your entire life. Yeah, and not throw away in two months. Yeah. Yeah, like right. Walmart. So if you're spending three hundred dollars on something, it should be something that's gonna last, not like some stupid designer jeans. Yeah. yeah. Or Forever Twenty One, a five dollar T shirt that you're yeah. gonna wear yeah. one time and yeah. 
and then it's going to fall apart as soon as you wash it. And you know, we're probably going to bash a lot of things here, or I am, I guess you guys don't have to be on board, but oh, like, I like fuck Walmart, yeah, fuck just... these other fucking major department. I mean, they do nothing but they add to the effort of us dying slowly yeah. because Walmart's of what they too. offer. Well, oh, just... And, it, and the, so I spent a lot of time in Arkansas and just right outside of Fort Smith and these small towns, a Walmart will pop up, drive out yep. everything else. Yep. And all you, the hardware stores, all the, the locals. Yep. And you exactly. literally have no other choice than to go to Walmart. Yep. So when I lived in Van Buren, you would have to go to Walmart. Like there's no, literally no other place to go. And I mean, it's Arkansas. That's where Walmart yeah. is from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. Washington State, same thing. So Little local hardware stores. Yeah, I mean, they're just Done. pushing out any local economy like yeah. killing the mom and pops killing all the local economy and forcing everyone to just go there so here's a question and i know this the, and we can kind of start wrapping this up a little bit because number one this has been great first of all tori thank you because it really has been great yeah. there's a a question that's asked a lot when you talk about, well, you know, I would love to be, I'd love to be on a diet, but I have to, or I'd love to buy well, but I have to. And that's why people go to Walmart and they go to these other stores. When you're looking at a cost comparison for, for somebody say they make 40,000 a year, you know, and that's what they bring home. Can they do this? Can they live sustainable? Can they actually be on that, Line because I know you know money as much as we don't want to admit it is always a thing. Well, I make under forty thousand dollars a year, and I do it. There you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> what you guys have going on at your place is like hella fucking rad. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's kind of neat. I saw the water buckets outside the uh, the downspouts the other day. Rain I'm like, barrels, yeah. all right, there you go. Um, I so I think there's some things that actually save you money by being um more sustainable like don't buy a bunch of clothes buy a few outfits that you wear every day and don't don't be a consumer like just make your life more simple by cutting back on what you think you need what people are shoving in your face telling you you have to buy this to be happy um other things i think are probably going to be more expensive but if enough people do it maybe it can get to the point where it is more affordable like our, yeah. our 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 shampoo and lotion that we buy in bulk isn't as cheap as i don't know what they have at walmart like a dollar bottle of something yeah like suave or something yeah a, a jar of slug shit yeah to wash your hair with um which also we're not shitting on anybody that goes to walmart no, no because i understand the necessity for like go, yeah. to, go to fucking walmart if that's right. what you have to do right you know live your life yeah but that's also where sustainability try to live a little bit better that's also where sustainability comes into effect as well as you do what you, what can. you can because not everyone yeah. can do yeah and don't like, feel bad you can't, if you can't you do can't something. ride your bike to work if you're a single mom and you've got kids to drop off and go grocery shopping after work and do, like do all these things like it's just not the same yeah this isn't a dr seuss novel yeah you can't make that work but no yeah, the yeah. world is a dark place and jesus <laughs> dang. well sorry the world <laughs> can be a dark place <laughs> where like not everybody can do everything they want like uh, for I thought me, you left the studio, but here you are. <laughs> for me, it's like time. Like, you yeah, know. time is money. And money yeah, is time. like, but I, I kind of feel like, like what we were talking about with the Agenda 21 stuff, like everyone needs to be willing to make sacrifices 
otherwise we're all going to die alone, separate and greedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to get dark. We were getting happy. <laughs> Jesus yeah, that, Christ, I didn't mean, dude. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Fuck the whole either. fucking. Just... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I think that there are definitely some things that are easy and will improve your life. And there are some things that are going to be more of a challenge. But also the challenging things are super rewarding. Like I brought a big bag of tomatoes everywhere I went today and handed them out to all my friends because I can't eat that many tomatoes. But I'm, you know, I'm trying to contribute to the soil in my community and I'm trying to teach myself about where my food comes from. Like it's just important stuff and it takes work, but it's, it, it's good. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier growing your own food at your house. Like, uh, Aubrey and I just made a little tiny garden, nothing compared to what you guys have. And we have more, uh, of the like three vegetables that we grew than we can eat. Yeah. So like, but also the seeds for those plants were almost free. Yeah. So damn near. Yeah, when you think guess, about planting. Yeah, like that's a really good way to do it. Like if there's something that you like to eat, plant the stuff you need to make it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, I've seen people in New York City in a tiny little apartment. They can grow a tomato plant. They can grow like – Yeah, and it's funny. Things. In cities, like, you see that a lot now mm-hmm. where they have these micro gardens and they have – they're trying to do – you know, granted, it's New York City, but again, we talk about uh, everything there's, helps. There's a little you know, co-op garden a uh, couple blocks from my house. Like uh, there's just like a corner lot that doesn't have anything on it and uh, they just have a co-op garden there Yeah, like, people in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, there's one outside of Sugar House, I think, by that park over there that they you can go and do whatever you want. Um, Tori, first of all, thank you. Very much. It, yeah, it was awesome. Um, what's uh, your future? Can I ask? Um, right now I'm working for a nonprofit that produces air filtration masks for high pollution countries. So Southeast Asia specifically. Um, it is a startup and it's slow moving and I'm just doing part time. But I think after we get back from Iceland, I'm going to start looking for a job probably in the nonprofit sector maybe a government job, maybe go back to school. I don't know. Kind of cool. It's exciting. Kind of cool. That's neat. Thank you so much for being here. Um, do you guys, Josh, John, have anything? Yeah. Um, so you talked, you mentioned talking to your friends and family about it. Like, what do you say when you meet someone who's resistant to it? Because they've, they've heard all the like, oh, last winter was super cold. Oh, this snowstorm, like that are resistant to actual like facts and truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, keeping things simple is key for sure. Um, talking about the difference between climate and weather is, you know, and if you know them, you can try and appeal to their values. Like if you know that they care about their health or their kids or whatever they care about, there's some way to, I think, frame the conversation to talk about something important that's going to be impacted by this. And most importantly is not to get mad because (laughs) that just shuts the conversation down immediately. And I think creates a culture of resistance. Like they don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to hear anything. They're not open to it. So if you can be friendly and, 
kind in the conversation, even though it's really frustrating. Yeah. So don't tell them they're wrong and they're idiots and they're going to die in the climate wars. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk about Trump. That would be probably a good thing too. Yeah. That tends to piss people off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and sharing your expertise. Yeah. Too cool. Thank you. Thank so you much. for having Too me. Too cool. You guys uh, call us if you uh, like Tori on board or anything else. Uh, area code 801-252-69. Yeah! 45. And on that note, uh, we're going to close unless you guys have anything. Uh, no, I'll just see all you motherfuckers when I'm war- warlord of the wastelands uh, in the climate wars. So. <laughs> oh my God. This is Mad Max Fury Road. Keep I a fucking swear eye to God. out for me. Yeah, I'll Close make sure Mad to do Max. that. <laughs> Close the gates.